I heard all the stories in Sunday school and listened to all the sermons in church, but in the quietest places of my heart, I didn't know if I really believed it. I would go to bed at night thinking, this is it. This, there, there's no hope. Like, I don't even know if Jesus even walked the earth. I just don't know what to make of this story. That went on for years and years and years. On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals, plus tools and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn, the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Jennifer Dukes Lee is a best selling author, thinker, and question asker from Iowa. Her friends say they are scared to sit alone in a room with her because they end up telling her things they never intended to say. She's both proud of this fact and also a little annoyed at how nosy she can be. She put a bunch of her favorite questions into a journal called Stuff I'd Only Tell God. We're going to talk about that today. It's like your own little confession booth. She's also the author of Growing Slow, and it's all under control. In her guided journal, Jennifer breaks out her reporter hat, and she creates space for people to reflect on their deepest feelings, their fears, hopes, their dreams. She gives journalers permission to release their whole selves into God's hands, discovering the true weird, wild, and wonderful aspects of who God created them to be. In Stuff I'd Only Tell God, you'll find fun and provocative creative exercises to help you express the never-spoken thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and memories that will spark deeper intimacy with God and with yourself. I had so much fun with this conversation because it was sort of like sitting down and having coffee and just letting the conversation go wherever it goes. So I hope that you enjoy this little peek inside of where our brains went when Jennifer and I got on Zoom and had a conversation. I had a lot of fun, and I think you will too. All right, let's jump into that chat with Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you for joining me. I can already tell that this is going to be a fun conversation. Oh, it is. We we got to have a little conversation before the recorded conversation, and even that was good. I'm like, oh, right, my new bestie. I wish I lived up in uh, northern Wisconsin with Michelle. <laughs> well, not with you. That's a little bit. That's yeah. That, that, that's a little bit forward. We've known each other for ten minutes, Now all of a sudden, I'm asking to move in. We'd be neighbors. We'd be great neighbors. <laughs> oh yes, I have a big enough house to move people into it. It is an old church with a parsonage attached, what? so it's. A hundred years old, but very interesting. Wow, I'm so fascinated. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So I was stalking you a little bit on social media, and I found out we have some things in common. Uh, yes. You're a farm girl. I grew up on a dairy farm. I My dad never had pigs, so I'm not familiar with that. We are both left-handed, I found out. You like dark chocolate. And I found out that your first car was a Volkswagen Beetle, but mine was the cousin to that, the Volkswagen rabbit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mine started on fire. Like I was 16 years old and the engine, do you, I don't know if it was like this in the rabbit, but in my bug, it was, it wasn't the engine was in like the in the back. No. And I look in the rear view mirror. I'm like 16, 17 years old. And there's like flames in the rear view. I'm like, what is going on? 
Oh my goodness. While you were driving? Yes. I was driving home and I like, I lived in rural Iowa and I pulled over real quick and, um, you know, obviously no cell phones because this was like the stone age, but, um, I pulled my uh, French horn out of the back seat and started walking down the highway, <laughs> leaving my precious bug to burn. Burn. Aww. It was sad. It's kind of a cult thing. Like my dad was so into Volkswagen, so we had so many of them. My parents had the van, and I had the rabbit, and my brother had the bug. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. So I mean, crazy. I, I still. I, this is how mature I am. I'm 51 years old, and if I see a bug. I still will smack my husband in the arm, slug bug, no slug backs. Remember that? Oh, yeah. This slug- <laughs> yes. So mature. Yes. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> Actually, I'm older than you, so I remember doing that too. And growing up on the 80s music oh, yeah. was really fun. And the, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed. I know you have children. I have adult sons. And it's crazy how our 80s music is cool now. I know. <laughs> them. I know. And I'm, I feel like I should... I, feel like with my own children, I get to partially take credit because I've, they've been in training their entire lives to enjoy <laughs> 80s mu- music. And so now when it's making its way into the world in 2023, um, I just like, look at, the, I, I've done you a favor, girls. Like, you know, the lyrics right. to these already. Be grateful. <laughs> that is, that's my parenting tip of the day for any moms and dads listening. Just encourage the listening. Well, you know, there are some 80s songs that probably aren't the best to listen to. Let's be honest. Right. Oh, I listen back to them and I think, wow, some of these Chicago songs had some lyrics yeah. I never really thought about before. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful. Put a rating system yes. on those 80s songs. And on the movies too. Yes. So, th- so Jennifer, this is the Life Repurpose podcast. And one of the things I like to talk about is how God repurposes our difficulties in life. And I'm just wondering if you can think of an incident in your own life where God showed up and you found hope in the middle of a struggle. Yeah. Well, the story that immediately comes to mind is um, a story that began when I was a child. Um, I, I actually was a regular churchgoer. Mom and dad took me to church every single Sunday. And um, I heard all of the stories in Sunday school and listened to all the sermons in church. But in the quietest places of my heart, I didn't know if I really believed it. It felt mm. um, like a fairy tale. It felt like it couldn't be real. And um, I believed that um, adults weren't lying to me. I, I knew this wasn't a Santa Claus situation, but I thought maybe they were um diluted in some way. And that um, kind of fear and concern d- deepened as I moved into adulthood. And I, um, I I wouldn't say I was an unbeliever because I was more like a wanna believer. I wanted to believe. I just couldn't quite intellectually wrap my mind around it. But it was an extremely dark time in my life. I would go to bed at night thinking, this is it. This, there, there's no hope. Like, I don't even know if Jesus even walked the earth. I just don't know what to make of this story. That went on for years and years and years. I was a news reporter in my 20s and um, was at my lowest in, in doubt at that point. And um, as a news reporter, I was sent out on assignment across Iowa quite often, which means I spent a lot of time in my Toyota Camry. And... Um, <laughs> While driving around, I would turn to AM radio just for something different. Um, and I would come on to Christian stations where somebody would be kind of giving a come to Jesus message, yeah. <laughs> um, some kind of evangelism message. And my ears always perked up 
And um, I didn't know it at the time, but God was grabbing hold of my heart through AM radio while on news assignments headed to homicides and tornadoes. I mean, it's wild mm-hmm. to think about it. Um, wow. And at the end of a lot of those radio programs, um, the man or woman would say, you know, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, you can pray this prayer with me now. And I did that. And I did it again and again and again, thinking if once was good, 50 times will be even better. (laughs) But through all of that, seeking and searching and saying, Lord, I want more of you, along the way, I came to a saving faith. And one of the, the, the biggest things that drew me into his embrace and into the hopefulness of Christ was my doubt, the thing that mm. made it feel so dark and so um, my life feels so despairing was the thing that he used to bring me to him. I um, I got a Bible, a new Bible, and the words just leapt off the, the page at me. And there was this story, uh, like a biographical sketch of different characters in, in my Bible, in the study notes. And there was one about Thomas. And when I went, when I was raised in the church, Thomas was always called doubting Thomas. Like it was a Mm -hmm. shameful thing. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm doubting Jennifer because I get exactly how Thomas feels. I like Thomas. I I relate to Thomas. And um, in the biographical sketch of Thomas in the Bible, it, it said these words, silent doubts rarely find answers. That was a moment for me. That it was okay yeah. to um, express my doubts to God. It was okay to express my doubt to people, and that led me on a journey. Um, that I mean, I was I, I was so addicted to the Bible that I would literally read it while I was blow drying my hair. <laughs> it just it came alive in such a powerful new way, and I was like looking at prophecy, and my faith it, it bloomed then at an intellectual level, and you know, for, for years I had cursed God for making me doubt. Why would you do that? Why would you make me feel that way? But in the end, that's the thing that <laughs> turned me into like an intellectual pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. Also now I find it completely ironic. and so very cool that, uh, the guy that I didn't know if I believed in, well, he's like the CEO of my work. Like he's my best friend. So it's it's pretty wild that I get to do this, that I get to have a conversation with you, that I get to be in ministry. And he really repurposed doubt and made it into something that's a ministry. Thank you for sharing that. And for the listener out there, if you have questions and if you have doubts, we are both here to say that that's okay. Same as you, Jennifer. I lived a long time with um, thinking it was a sin to ask questions or to show any kind of a doubt whatsoever. And now that I'm in my 50s, I'm asking more questions than ever. I also, as you were talking, was thinking, wow, you have your next book there, something about blooming faith. And, you know, was it in the big hair days? Oh, yes. Can you, can you tie it into <laughs> blow drying? <laughs> That's a good point. You know, I, I still have big hair. I just haven't quite, you know, let that go. Beth Moore, uh, if you're familiar with her, those listening, she's a very well-known Bible teacher, but she says the higher the hair, the closer to God. So (laughs) this is my excuse to continue. But, you know, Michelle, you and I get to see each other on this call. The others don't have this advantage, but my hair is a little bit more settled down than it is sometimes. 
but I still don't. I would not call yours big hair. It's beautiful, oh, but you. you don't have the you don't have the Texas big hair. No, I don't. No, I don't. And I also don't have the Aquanet anymore. I'm trying to help with the ozone. I love how this actually moves us right into talking about your book because your book is related to questions. And so when it first came through my email from your publisher, it was just on a list of spring titles that were coming out. And I first I'm drawn by stuff I'd only tell God, but I was like, what is this? It's a guided journal. And I don't know that I've ever done a guided journal. In fact, I don't call myself a journaler at all. I don't have a diary. I try and then I quit doing it. So I would love to know, first off, what do you say to people who are not into journaling? And then we're going to get into like what your book does for people. Awesome. Well, I say to those who don't journal, journal, I get it. I understand how hard it is. I understand um, that there's a hesitation, like, is this even worth it? Because I've been right there. Um, I am by profession, a writer. But when it came to opening up a blank page journal, um, I just like, I don't know where where to begin. Like I bought this journal because it's really pretty and I'm going to try really hard to write down some stories in here. But I'd be like, I just don't even know where to start. And I'm a writer and I would get writer's block in my journal. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, how about those who aren't? And so I began to compile thousands of prompts and questions um, the kind of questions that I might ask you if you came over for dinner. Uh, so some of them are rather silly and ridiculous, but there are some really deep, deep questions in there. Deep questions that I've asked myself over the years, deep, uh, hard questions that I've asked God and the questions that have led me to, um, a lot of healing and wholeness. And it was, it was a way to say, okay, non-journaler, here <laughs> is a place for you to start. You don't have to, you know, come up with something out of a blank slate. Um, and also for the journaler, plenty of, plenty of journalers are picking it up too, because it's just helping them explore a different side of their brain or their heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's been really cool too. I think that most of us non-journalers and journalers alike understand that there is value there, that there is a therapeutic nature to writing things down even secular counselors and therapists give their clients homework mm -hmm. that typically involves journaling. Yes. So we know that there's inherent value in this. We know it too when we open up the Bible, uh, right in the middle in the Psalms, we're basically reading uh, David's diary. Yeah. And it was everything that he was feeling, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the questions, the doubting, the angst, the joy. Uh, the hopefulness, it's all right there and it gives us permission to do the same. So that's my hope with this journal is it just is, is an embodiment of of, of the, the whole human experience and being able to answer questions about yourself and about God and about the people in your life from the very, very deep to the very, very ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. And it is really that blend. I I laughed in some places and then in others opened up a page and went, ooh, I don't know what I would put there. But you know, I want to be fully honest here. What scared me the most about having a conversation with you was that in all of your bios, you say that your friends are scared to sit in a room alone with you because they end up telling you stuff they never intended. So I was a little afraid because I didn't know exactly what we would get into. But I think that's also a little bit of how I feel about journaling. Like, if I put this on the page, what am I going to have to say? And what is, like you said, what is the point of it? And who's going to find it and read it? So I'd love to know a little bit about some of 
the way that journaling has helped you or people you know kind of find healing from things in the past and figure out a way forward? Just by way of an example, um, keeping in mind that at the time of recording this conversation, this journal has only been out for a couple months. And so I'm only getting to hear the fruit of people having gone through it. Uh, But one example was um, a woman uh, picked up the journal and there's a prompt in there that says, this is the name of a person who I haven't talked to in a while. Mm -hmm. And she put that person's name down and the person was her high school best friend. And she and her high school best friend had a falling out in early adulthood. And it had been one or two decades since they had talked as a result of that fallout. But because she put that person's name down, she um, reached out um, in some way. And within a matter of minutes, the woman had texted her on her phone. Oh, wow. I got chills when I you know. said that. And they made a, a time to get together and reconcile. So that's the kind oh of, that, that's just an anecdotal example of the kind of healing that can come when we put pen to paper. We don't even know how God's going to work in that. God worked in, in a name. She put down a name and it, the Holy Spirit stirred in her to reach out to the person who owned that name. And that led to what we believe is a reconciliation in the friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, another healing aspect of the, the journal, just to give another anecdote here, um, there's something in the journal called the genogram. And it's like a family tree where you go through your parents, siblings, grandparents, aunts and uncles, and you think about um, their psychological traits habits, good and bad, um, did any patterns that you see. And so you might think about like anger or addiction mm. or maybe affairs. Um, maybe you would also see like a thread of kindness or somebody who was particularly prayerful. Uh, and, and then you have an opportunity in, in the pages that follow to think about what cycles do I see in my genogram, in my family tree that, I, that stop with me? And what are the things Mm. that I want to carry forward? And it's never too late to do either of those things, no matter how old we are. So that's a really powerful therapeutic exercise that can make a whole lot of difference. I think for me, as I've gone through uh, the journal, it's helped me treat the previous versions of myself more empathetically. For instance, Mm, yeah, you know, there's the whole, there's a whole section called me and my past, And it can feel very scary. I know because I answered all the questions myself in my own free time as I was (laughs) writing it. Um, And that really scared me to do because I've, I've kind of been hypercritical of younger Jennifer. I've seen her for the faults and the insecurities and the dumb things that she did, the mistakes that she made, the sins that she held on to all kinds of things. And I created this almost like villain or monster version of my past selves. But there was this exercise where you write a letter to your younger you, whether it's like 10 years ago, you or 20 years ago, you. And when I did that, I I immediately broke out in tears because suddenly I no longer despised the earlier versions of me. I realized that that Jennifer made me the Jennifer that I am today. Like mm-hmm. I am a result of all of the mistakes that she made. Yes. But all of the really risky, incredible, brave choices that she made, all of yes. the courage that she showed at a young age to say, you know what, this job isn't for me. I'm going to move out of this town and go somewhere else. Or, you know what, that guy is not the guy for me. I'm going to, is this is going to be a hard thing, but I am going to break this off and move on. I mean, I look, I looked back at younger me and I was like, I don't hate you. 
I admire you. And I am, I'm, I just want to thank you. I mean, it's just exercises like that, that for me that have mm-hmm. been so healing. And I feel like I've grown tremendously as a result of going through the exercises that I myself put down in the journal. I find that with writing too. Often we're we're working on something for ourselves as well. And isn't that like the only way we have something val- valuable to say to somebody else is that we've been vulnerable and we've gone through it too. I mean, I can't write a Bible study without studying the Bible. Right. <laughs> you know, it has to transform me first before I can write something for someone else. What are some of the reasons or maybe excuses that you've heard from people for why they don't want to do journaling? Yeah. Well, the first is like, I don't know what to say. Um, And so I tried Mm -hmm. to like, at least knock that one out with a guided journal. (laughs) But the second is, I just don't know. I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And I get it. We are time crunched people. The, The value in this though, is that a few minutes, just a few minutes every day uh, can really start your day off uh, with a sense of purpose and meaning. It has a way of like decluttering your mind in the same way that you would declutter like a pantry or a toy closet or something. You just feel at peace. And, and that's that same peace that can come over you from decluttering a space can happen to you on the inside as you put things down on paper and say, I'm just going to leave this right here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like wiping off the counters and getting all the dishes in the dishwasher. It's a small task, but it feels so good to have it done. It does. And I mean, lists, for instance, count as journaling. So um, I, before I go to bed, I will write down, like, this is all the stuff that I've got to do tomorrow, um, which is in a sense journaling. I mean, that'd be a good place to start, yeah. right? And it also, it has a way of decluttering my mind so that I don't have to carry that list with me to bed. It's here in the office. So we're just going to let that be and we can go and be restful tonight. I, I think that, um, you know, there's just so many different ways to start journaling that are more specific that don't feel so overwhelming. And maybe like stuff I'd only tell God isn't right for you, but maybe a, a prayer journal is where you can write down the things that you, um, where you want to see God at work or where you see God at work or where you want to thank God. A gratitude journal is an easy place to start where every day you just write a handful of things. And when you look back on that, there will be, there will be meaning in that kind of journaling too. There's something called a commonplacing journal that I keep. And the commonplacing journal is um, really rooted in the Renaissance era when people would write down uh, interesting quotes or poetry, um, things that they wanted to remember that you couldn't actually like take a screenshot of, right? Right. I do screenshots like that. (laughs) Yeah, right. So that you have a commonplacing journal. If you're screenshotting things or you're taking pictures of things, that is a form of a modern day form of commonplacing of oh, commonplacing cool. book. Yeah. And so I actually have a commonplacing book that I use and I put favorite quotes and poetry and just different little quips or lines that I'll see in a book or on somebody's social media. And that all kind of comes together in a full journaling experience. So maybe a, a good place to start would be just to pick one of those and get going on it and see how it feels. Oh, that actually gives me some great ideas for, I have a couple of really pretty journals on my shelf that are just kind of sitting there. I I do have the planner kind of a journal and keep track of tasks, but I think I'm ready for the next step. (laughs) I need to do something a little more. um, Sometimes I avoid the emotional things. And I know that's a, that's a thing that is important to also get into. And, um, 
I'm just wondering, why is it so hard sometimes for us to get honest with God? Like, he knows everything about me, but why is it so hard to put that on paper? I think we have an anti-gospel notion that we have to come before God cleaned up. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That really is it. Yeah. And we know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it's it's like that Jesus came because of the mess that we were in and the mess that we are in. Yeah. But um, it feels really, you know, like if you've done something really horrible or if you're carrying around some thought or sin or burden to to put that down on paper and to look at it with your own eyes and to lay that before mm-hmm. the Lord is, is really hard. I remember 20 mm-hmm. years ago at a retreat, we were given pieces of paper to write down our sins and burdens and all these things. And I had a whole bunch of them going through my mind, um, but I could hardly write any of them down. And some I only wrote with the initials. And it wasn't because mm-hmm. anybody was going to see it. It's because I didn't want to look at it. And I didn't want mm. to say it out loud to God. In the same way, like, you know, you're a little kid and you knocked over a lamp and it broke. And you know that mom and dad are going to know that it was you because you were the only kid in the house. <laughs> but you hide anyway um, mm-hmm. because you just don't like the idea of being found out. Um, it's I think it's like that. I think that's why we don't. Mm. We just don't want to. We don't want to deal with what we think is going to be the fallout. We don't want to be found out. Goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Hiding in the garden. You have, you nailed it right there. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't think about that. And I think what also holds me back sometimes is I look at this beautiful book and I don't want to wreck it by writing in it. Or, you know, like when I write in pen and I don't like scribbling things out. There's a perfectionist side of me. Maybe you can tell. See, I'm telling you things I didn't plan on telling you. You're right. It happens. Um, so I, I think that that is my personal challenge is to go ahead and mess up the book. Yeah, Michelle. That, go ahead and write it. That is such a valid point. And I think the reason is because with Instagram now, there's like people with journal, hashtag journal inspo, hence hashtag um, journal pages. And we see these in our feed and they are beautiful and people have yeah. gorgeous handwriting and maybe yes. little doodles or even the way they've underlined a word is like, well, I can't do that. So yeah. if that's the way it's going to look, then count me out. But mine don't look like that. No, mine don't either. And I, I don't have terrible handwriting, but when that when those thoughts are flowing, it just gets jumbled up. I can't write as fast as my brain goes. One of the things you said recently on an Instagram post was that you wrote half of a book mm-hmm. and the other half is inside of the reader. And I think that's so cool. Like you've given us a framework and then the rest of it is inside of us. And the way that book, it's like the choose your own ending thing. It's going to turn out different for each one of us that use stuff I'd only tell God. I love that, Michelle. I'm so glad you said that because it occurred to me as I was launching the book, like I am not launching my book. I'm launching yours. <laughs> it is only half done. As you said, you know, there's there's a lot of different kinds of books. Like you'll say, oh, I just really lost myself in that book. And there's other books that you find yourself in. And this is definitely the find yourself kind of book. It's literally all mm-hmm. about you. Yeah. So let's have a little bit of fun with that. I want to know first, what is one of your favorite questions from the book? And then maybe I'll have you ask me some questions. Okay. Otherwise, I have some samples that are pulled out from there too, awesome. but I'll be a little vulnerable and let you ask me some. So for favorite questions which is like picking a favorite child, but I'm going to try. Do you want a serious one or a goofy one? Oh, let's do a goofy okay. one. Okay. Well, one of the song, uh, one of the, um, the 
um, questions that I love, like even before ever before I did stuff, I'd only tell God was I always wanted to know what people's light motif is. Like it's this short musical phrase or a song that will accompany uh-huh. uh, the appearance of a figure or a person like in the movies, like operas, uh, any kind of entertainment. So the shark in Jaws has his own kind of music that he comes into. Oh, yeah. And so if uh, from now until the day you die, the same song came on every time you walked into a room, what song would you want it to be? And that one question it, it will like yeah at our house when I ask that we'll end up having like a two hour dance party like yeah. oh wait no Alexa play this song I hope my Alexa doesn't go off now sorry yeah um, no Alexa don't play that song but no, or to play the song next because then you, you're just having so much fun with this I mean we have spent hours in our kitchen playing this game it's so fun it would actually be fun to um to do that with my kids I could. I could. It would be interesting to see what I would pick for them and what they would pick. They're grown up. Actually, the grandkids would be fun too because there would be some Mickey Mouse in there. I know there would. That's great. That's great. <laughs> You've tested out some of the questions with people who come over to your house. Mm-hmm. Do you go to conferences and you you test out questions on people? You know, I haven't. Um, I mean, I, well, I take that back. You know, for Growing Slow, my previous title, um, I often will ask people to take some time to identify what season they're in, what growing season of their life. And it's too much time to try to, to unpack that in our uh, podcast episode today. But I have um, that question has made its way into stuff. I'd only tell God. And I walk people through a process both in my speaking and in the journal on how to find the season that you're in and how to embrace whatever season you're in, whether it looks like the hopefulness of spring the growth and, um, you know, beauty of summer and uh, sometimes the heat <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, the the productivity of uh, a fall harvest, or maybe even if you're in a winter season when it feels uh, hard and dark and dreary. So I walk people through that. I, I Otherwise, I you know, I haven't done any events uh, that are around uh, stuff I'd only tell God, but I have one with a group of um, executives for a nonprofit in that's a national organization and it's men and women, and we will be spending the day going through some of these questions. So it's going to be a blast. Wow. Yeah. That would be really fun. I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall there. <laughs> I'm excited. And like you said, you have some serious ones and then you have some yes or no, just simple, like answer these questions quickly with a yes or no. I consider myself funny. I have prank called someone. Public speaking scares me. I can change the oil in my car. I would survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> would you? No. Why not? I think you you mentioned that you're a perfectionist. You're you're up in northern Wisconsin. You've got lots of land. You have a big house. You told me that. That's true. Tell me more. Um I I don't know. You know, I would survive if I had my family with me, but otherwise <laughs> I'm so fearful of those kinds of things. I don't like weird movies. Okay. Like I like happy Hallmark movies and stuff like that. So I just cover my head and just ignore the other stuff. So I don't know that I'd be able to defend myself in a zombie apocalypse. So maybe you would just be like, head. you know what, Jesus, just come get me now. <laughs> yes. Let the earth be ravaged. Take me with you until the second coming when we'll have a restored earth with no zombies, but for now, just come get me. So in a roundabout way, I would survive because I'd be with Jesus. That's right. You would. So I'd be okay. You'd be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it all works out in the end. I read the book. 
I can't change the oil in my car, but I could definitely YouTube it and figure it out. Yes. I think about that a lot. There's so many of those things like, I'm going to confess something to you. I literally don't know how to grill. I've never grilled a thing <laughs> in my life. That's terrible. You can do it. I can. You really and can. And I can change the oil of my car. But do I? No. I need to do these things. Nice. Those are fun. Public speaking does not scare me, but it terrifies my husband. It's It used to terrify me. I used to really like, get me out of here. Um, I think I'm going to be sick. Uh, now it's just, I, I, I get a little bit of that, but just realizing that the Lord um, has managed to work despite my weirdness and my insecurities has given me a, just a tad bit more confidence than I used to have. People love that. And actually, I think I think TikTok has been a really great thing for people embracing our weirdness. That's because so good. I used to speak for events where I had to be a lot more buttoned up because, you know, I just you're coming in as the Bible speaker or whatever. And for some reason, I feel a lot more comfortable being a little bit irreverent, poking a little bit of fun at myself, laughing at my own flaws, and really not worrying about what people think about me. So that makes speaking a lot more fun, I think. I think so, too. It was when I embraced um, really who I am, quirks and all. Here's an example. I was I was speaking two weeks ago at um, She Speaks conference. And She Speaks is put on by Proverbs 31 Ministries and Lisa Turkhurst, who is one of the more well-known Bible teachers. So Lisa comes up on stage without a stitch of notes. She's got her Bible. <laughs> she knows exactly where to stand. And it wasn't just a performance. I mean, I, I don't mean to say that at all. I mean, it was a brilliant message. It was so good. And I was like, you know what? I'm still going to, I'm fine. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be me. And then Hosanna Wong comes up next, young, on fire, all over the stage, like spoken word poet, incredible. And I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to be okay. So then it comes time for Jennifer Dukes Lee. Um, and I'm in the wings um, by the curtain. And I've got my, I kid you not, my three ring binder. <laughs> with the plastic sleeves where the, the the talk is printed out and I come out there and lay it down on the, the podium. And I I just, I had to own it. I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, I this is who I am. You're getting a farm wife in Iowa who um, is going to teach you today about what it is to be authentic on your social media. And I am being authentic to myself in the way yes. that I come. And it was so like, all of a sudden I was binder girl, but it was, it was interesting to me <laughs> that when I embraced it, instead of trying to, I, I mean, I can't, I can't do that. Like Lisa Trickers does. Yeah, it's just not I the way either. I made. And I admire her. I admire Hosanna, but I also am acknowledging the fact that life is, too short for me to figure out a new way to speak. And I love my little three ring binder. So there yes. we go. <laughs> that was a segue off of the conversation, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. No, I love that. But this is the way it goes when we talk about stuff I'd only tell God. Yeah, you might find yourself actually switching. I don't know. I had to switch when I started wearing cheater glasses and I couldn't find any that would let me see my three ring binder. So recently I've switched to my iPad where I can zoom in and make the text ginormous and let it roll like a teleprompter. <laughs> it just wow. slowly keeps moving. And so I only have those notes for backup in case the iPad doesn't have a charger. Yeah, or I have a feeling I'm going to eventually have to make an adjustment due to the aging eyeballs. 
because I had eyeglasses on, eyeglasses off. All right. I love tangents, and I think my <laughs> listeners are going to be just fine with that. They love to get in on the inside scoop of what's going on in our brains, and sometimes that's why I said I just like to let it roll. So, Jennifer, I'd love to hear some more questions, and then uh, I'll see if I can answer them. So you can pick one. There is a uh, section, there's several sections in Stuff I'd Only Tell God called Lost in Translation. And oh, yes, those are really yeah. cool. And so the English uh, language is a robust language with a lot of words to describe a lot of different things, but some words have like no English translation. And so I found some of my favorite ones and I sprinkled them throughout the journal. So I'm going to ask you one of those. Okay. Um, there's a word, uh, it's, it's pronounced exurpok, exurpok. It's an Inuit word. Um, and exurpok is the feeling you get when you are so eager for someone to arrive that you keep looking outside or going outside to see if they've made it home yet. Have you ever experienced exurpok? I have. I'm a grandma now, so I actually feel that sometimes when I'm waiting for the grandkids to come over because they come running up the sidewalk and they're the only people in my life who are that eager to see me. You know, like my kids are grown up. My husband and I have been married 34 years and we still love each other very much. But when we he comes home at the end of the day, we don't have that kind of reaction. But when they get out of the van and they come running up the sidewalk, grandma mm. and their faces light up. So I'm watching out the window to see when they're going to get there because I don't want to miss the moment when they come up the sidewalk. I love that. That is so beautiful and a perfect illustration of Exurpak. You knew exactly what it is. You know exactly the feeling, even though you've maybe never heard of the word before. And I think that's- I had not heard of the, the word power. before. So you've got words uh, that from uh, very unique languages, very, um, uh, you know, from German and Spanish and Inuit and Danish. And there's just, it's just a really fun, fun exercise. I think people enjoy that. So I've got a, another one for you. Um, and this one is um, about heaven. The, toward the mm -hmm. end of the book, um, I, I ask people to think about heaven. And um, uh, I, it, there's a section where it says, I hope that heaven includes fields overflowing with. What would you want the fields overflowing with? Oh, it would have to be flowers. I love flowers. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what kind, any flowers. They could be weeds <laughs> as long as they're in bloom. <laughs> All right. A 24-hour buffet with the following food. Chocolate. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> awesome. Anything else on that buffet in heaven? It would have to be all things chocolate. It would have to be chocolate cheesecake, dark chocolate something. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I hope that I can I... go to your buffet. This is nice. I'm going to put in a request. Of course, you know, chocolate-covered strawberries are fine, too. <laughs> Another one from that section is um, who's somebody that I'd like to live next to in heaven. Oh, wow. Oh, in heaven. Yeah. Maybe somebody who's already there or maybe somebody that you're just, that is just so dear to you, this side of heaven that you just hope that you get to, to continue that in, in heaven. Wow. Well, I would hope I could live next to my husband. Yes. Because he's been my best friend. Yeah. Like since I was 15, he's oh been my in goodness. my life. So it would be really weird to not live with anybody else. Right? I, you know. <laughs> so, but who do you want on your mm -hmm. cul-de-sac then? You got some people? On the cul-de-sac. Oh, wow. Um, 
somebody asked me a question recently similar to this. They were interviewing me on a podcast and it was about who I'd want to hug. And I'd say it would be my my grandmothers who have both mm. passed away because uh, they didn't finish telling their stories. And so f- I, there are pieces of their lives that I'm constantly researching on Ancestry.com and trying to go on Google Earth to see if the house they grew up in is still standing. And so there, I would love to have those conversations and hear more of the stories. Oh, you've got me thinking now, too. That say I am the same way. I'm always Googling things, trying to figure out. You know, and there's just like these little snippets of our, our past, right, of our of our yeah. ancestors. Like, they're my great, great no, my, yeah, my great great grandma was in her sixties when she tripped on the hem of her dress and hit her head on a tree and was in a coma for three weeks and passed away. Wow! And that's all I know about her. Yeah, I know her name wow. and how she died, but I don't know what she cared about. I don't know if she was a woman of faith. I don't know what burdened her. I don't know what made her laugh. Wouldn't that be fun to have a family mm-hmm. reunion with these people? Like what? Yes, you know, you know and, and I guess, you know, I hope that they're, they're there, you know, and it also makes me think about who I want to make sure is there, who I want to make, yes. who I want to, yes. to know will be in heaven with me. I love that because this, this journal has us thinking about things that maybe our lives get so busy and we're not really, you know, maybe my mind doesn't go to thinking about the past or maybe some people think the past is the past. Don't think about it. But just last week I was researching to see, I had the address on an old envelope from my grandma's World War II letters with my grandpa. So I knew where she lived. So I Googled it and found out it's in East Detroit and it's in an area where all the houses have been torn down or run down. And so it's gone. It's just, it's a, and it made me think about story. It made me think about history. Then I looked up the church where they went because I knew that they were very loyal to having grown up. Um, her parents came from the Netherlands. And so I, I looked and sure enough, a few blocks away, the church is still standing that she attended. And so all of these pieces make you like, it's amazing how our family history, our faith history, all of those things tie together. And they're not all perfect. It's not all. But when you start thinking about that, it really does it teaches you something about yourself. Mm. And then in, in learning something about myself, I also relate to other people better. That's so wise. And I don't know, you're just really speaking to me. I'm really glad that we're having this conversation. I'm learning yeah. so much. I, I actually am enjoying this conversation because we're talking back and forth. And oftentimes I just ask a lot of questions. Oh, this is good. <laughs> okay. Can I have, can I ask you one more? And then I can, yeah. I can share too. I mean, you can throw it back at me. I was a news reporter. I asked nosy <laughs> questions all the time. I figure I deserve it. But I'm just so curious. Um, the, the one, of, one of them in, on page 120, 134 is the last thing I did for fun was this. Oh. And that can sometimes tell us a lot. Like, have we been doing fun things? Are we allowing ourselves to do fun things? Are we making yeah. space for fun things? I I do things for fun. Sometimes other people might think they're boring, but sometimes it's just watching a TV show. That's great. And so um, I, I actually on Sunday afternoon is my unplugged time and I watched a, oh, it's a comedy with Jane Fonda and... Uh, anyway, I think it's called book club or something. And I'm not going to, the disclaimer, there's language in there people might not want to listen to. But anyway, I laughed really hard because it was like just the kind of thing that you do for nothing but entertainment. I think that's so <laughs> good. Nothing. TV, Netflix, those totally count for yeah. fun. I think that we get the idea that fun has to be like a trip to Disney when 
sometimes a fun, oh, no. yeah, you know, it can be, it can be those little things um, that give life meaning. I really believe that. Yeah. I really believe that. I'm an introvert. So things at home are probably even more fun. Actually, I was planning out and this is making me think, Jennifer, you're really making me think because next week is a writing week for me. My husband's gone for his job for a week. And so I'm scheduling that as a writing on my next Bible study. But in my planning for each day, I put fun. Yes. I wanted something focused, something fun and something uh, fulfilling, like spiritually fulfilling. And I haven't figured out what those fun things are going to be. So I was going to ask on social media for some ideas of what's one little thing you would do at home for fun? I so love that. I'll ask that question. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see the answers. Yeah, I'll ask people that. So one of your questions I'm going to ask you is what is the weirdest thing in your purse, wallet, or go bag? Well, right now in my purse is... Um, a um coin i'm trying to think of it it's a coin and this is actually kind of sentimental it's not really weird it's weird that i carry it around in there but it's sentimental <laughs> um it was given to me after my dad passed away in september and it has a fish on one side because dad loved fishing and it has his name on the other side and when i reach my hand down into my purse and look for like my lip gloss or a pen it'll brush against that um, big coin and it brings back just a tenderness in my heart for my dad who I miss very very much oh that's so beautiful so some of the ones that could be silly questions might have a serious take for us when we fill them out and some of them are ones that are going to teach us everyday conversations we need to have you have one about asking if you were cremated where would you want your ashes spread and I happened to be with my parents last week road tripping I had to ride three hours one way and three hours back with my mom and dad and we had gone to a funeral of a family member and so on the way home we were talking about our own plans mm. and my parents have theirs all written out but I don't and I I said well I know where my husband wants his ashes to be spread but I really haven't thought about what would I want my kids to do with mine so um, that was an appropriate question that you have there because yeah. <laughs> it's and not an answer that's I have. right and so you know for me um, my my uh, little brother is in the funeral industry and he sells vaults. So he says, there's absolutely no way I'm being cremated. I will be embalmed and he's going to have the best casket ever and I'm going <laughs> in the ground. So, but, <laughs> and we have a little country church out here, um, which is a mile from our house and that's where I want to be buried. But um. if, you know, husband, if you listen to this someday and it's after the fact and you put me somewhere else, no hard feelings. But um, if I were, if it were an ash situation, which John will not allow, I would want my ashes spread over a little lake in Minnesota um, called Mule Lake. However, is it weird to want to have your ashes split up? Is that like, is that weird? Because there's, I kind of would no, like it on the farm. No, people do that. Okay. Because I'd yeah, like part of me on the farm that. maybe. Right yeah. Here. we. My husband works at a camp where people plant trees in memory of family members, and sometimes they bring some of the ashes to plant in the ground with the tree. That's so, pretty cool. Uh, so they, yeah. And actually, he goes to Minnesota Boundary Waters every mm. year to unwind after his busy season. So that's what he wants. Mm. But I don't have that kind of a thing. Or it's illegal to take mine to some of the places that I'm <laughs> Like like Starbucks really doesn't want my ashes there. No, probably not. (laughs) I need to find a better plan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you can just have yourself put into like a Starbucks, you know, 
uh, a container <laughs> and then bury the cup. So actually, that was one of the themes in that movie I watched for fun on the weekend. <laughs> Everything comes back around. All right. Well, I would like my listeners to know where they can connect with you online, Jennifer, where they can find stuff I'd only tell God. I'm Jennifer Dukesley everywhere online, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, my website, all Jennifer Dukesley. I also have a Stuff I'd Only Tell God Instagram page, which is really fun and a great place mm. to get occasional prompts that you can think about. And uh, finally, where you can get the book is really wherever you like to get your books. Of course, a lot of us love Amazon, but it is always 30% off at bakerbookhouse.com. And you can see sample chapters by going there as well. Yes. Or at least one, they can see a sample of it yes, there. Yes, correct. As we wrap up today, I'd love to have you speak directly to the listener here, encouraging her in her journaling or non-journaling yet, and just giving her a word of encouragement. Well, I truly believe that taking the time to explore your past, your present, your people, your hopes for the future, and to allow yourself space and time to dream and to connect with God every day will produce nothing but good things and healing in your life. And I would encourage you to give it a try. Uh, maybe stuff I'd only tell God is not right for you, but just taking the time to jot down a few things every day that give your life meaning, um, that um, help you heal from whatever is hurting you today. And just to take that next brave step and put pen to paper. Jennifer, thank you so much for making it fun and also just letting us see a little glimpse of your life here. So I know my listeners are going to enjoy you because I really enjoyed our conversation. I did too. Thanks for having me. One of the really fun parts about stuff I'd only tell God is that it's not only a journal, it really is put together in a creative way from a design standpoint. So when you go into the book, there are some pages where there are boxes or blanks to fill in, some of them with places to circle, and even a page where there are blank book spines or there's one for movies where you can write on the spine the title of some books you want to read or if you were sent off one of them if you were sent off to a desert island for a year what movies books and music albums would you take with you and they're designed in a way to write on a graphic. So it's kind of fun that way. Um, so I think you'll find it really fun and not just like your typical journal. So podcast listener, I encourage you to pick up a copy of Stuff I'd Only Tell God, a guided journal of courageous honesty, obsessive truth-telling, and beautifully ruthless self-discovery by Jennifer Dukesley. I will link to that in the show notes. That will be at michellerayburn.com slash 162. And you'll have that and any other resources that I'm sharing related to this episode will be there. There will be a discussion guide going out to my email list related to this episode as well. Thank you for joining me. It was a fun conversation and I hope you enjoyed it too. Take care and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 